have the privilege of reading the scripture passage this morning. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to take them and turn to Luke chapter 17. If you'd like to follow along on the screen uh, as well, the scripture will be there. It happened that as he made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance, but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Taking a good look at them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. They went, and while still on their way, became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, Were not ten healed? Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to them, said to him, Get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Norb. The Lord brought me back to this uh, piece of scripture this morning. Um, I've been here various times at Thanksgiving, and the Lord brought me back once again to to look at this passage. Researchers uh, have proven what uh, most parents know instinctively to be true. Uh, that gratitude doesn't come naturally. In her book entitled The Gift of Thanks, uh, Margaret Visser cites a study which observed how parents teach their children to say hi, thanks, and goodbye. And in the study, uh, the children spontaneously said hi 27% of the time, Goodbye, 25% of the time, and thanks, 7% of the time. Parents had to prompt their children to say hi, 28% of the time, say goodbye, bye, say bye, 33% of the time, and to say thanks, 51% of the time. Based on the research, Visser concluded that learning to be thankful includes a steep learning curve. She writes, in our culture, Thanksgiving is believed to be, for most children, the very last of basic social graces they acquire. Children have to be brought up to say they are grateful. The verb is passive. They are brought up. They do not bring themselves. Visser also notes that although we have to grow into the practice of Thanksgiving, once we finally learn to be thankful... We seldom forget it. Such phrases like, thank you, thank you so much, become ingrained in us so that they last through all of life. And when everything else has been forgotten, most of us learn to continue to say thank you. In people suffering from Alzheimer's disease, these little phrases often survive the shipwreck of other memories. Thank you. Thank you. The journey of a grateful heart. And on this wonderful weekend, and hasn't it been a beautiful weekend, uh, 
I just uh, want to say to you today, and uh, thank you. Thank you to our congregation here at TCC. We don't often say this enough, but we so treasure you and value you. You are an adventurous people. Uh, you are a generous people. You are a passionate people. And we so appreciate your hearts for God in this congregation and in this community. And uh, thank you for extending love and grace and kindness and encouragement uh, to all of us who, who serve alongside of you. And thanks for being responsive to God's Word. And thanks for being responsive to God's whispers in your life. And as a result, God has uh, so blessed and so ministered to this congregation. Well, you know the story so well. And I was struck again by the details of the account. Jesus moving from the north to the south towards Jerusalem. On the border somewhere between Galilee and Samaria. In a village, close to a village. And he hears the cry of ten lepers. It's such an impacting story. They were obeying protocol by keeping their distance. So from a distance, they lifted up their voice and they shouted so they could be heard, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus didn't miss a beat. Also respecting protocol. He gave them a clear directive from a distance, go show yourselves to the priests. That was the extent of the exchange. Not even face to face, probably a couple of hundred feet distance. Simple exchange. And such a good reminder for me as I read it again this week that we don't have to go on and on and on and praying for people, for someone to be well, for someone to be spiritually healed. Just pray a simple prayer and trust God for it. It's simple. A simple exchange. And they're on their way to the priest. What you may need to be reminded of this morning is the fact that one does not go to the priest if you have leprosy until he or she has been healed. No value in going if you have leprosy. That wasn't the test. I imagine they caught that immediately. I imagine they did. I imagine they said, well, Jesus said, go, and so we will go. We will trust him. They were no sooner turned in the opposite direction, heading toward the priest's house, and they were healed. As the lepers turn, that 180 degree turn, they are healed. Just a few steps on the journey, and this amazing miracle takes place, they are healed. And one of those ten lepers was deeply impacted by what happened. He turned around and he came back to Jesus and he was so overwhelmed. He praised God and he thanked Jesus. And by the way, he was a Samaritan, which perhaps implies that the others were not. They were Jewish. I'm sure the disciples were cringing at this. What? Only the Samaritan came back? Where are our guys? Our guys didn't show up for the game. The thing that Jesus comments on is, I thought there were ten men. But what happened to the other guys? Only one is thankful? 
And then comes the greatest healing of all. Do you remember the words? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I thought he was healed. I think it's a different healing. It's a healing of the spirit. It's a healing of the soul. It's a spiritual healing. Ten received physical healing, but this Samaritan received a deeper salvation in addition. That personal submission, that personal response to Jesus signifies a soul healing that is far more than skin deep. And friends, this is incredible. Please don't miss this. Don't miss this for the rest of your life. Because the life of true fulfillment comes out of bowing at the feet of Jesus. And through surrender and commitment, offering thanks for the new life in Him. This man moved into a one-kingdom life. And his soul was healed. Can I bounce three balls into your court this morning? First one is this. The step of obedience is probably the first step to wholeness. The step of obedience is probably the first step to wholeness. These guys were desperate. I mean, they couldn't even dream anymore. They couldn't think about what life might be. You know, some people in life get to that point where there's no more dreams left. And they were isolated from their family and their friends to top it all off. They were desperate. But the sight of Jesus gave them some hope. Some of you were here last Monday evening in this very auditorium for the community meeting. And you heard a man called Brian talk about his re-entry into life. He was homeless in Edmonton. He lived under Edmonton Bridges. And he absolutely, he said, came to the end of his rope. He said, I was so desperate. I turned to God. For us, that's kind of funny because do we have to be so desperate? But he said, I was so desperate. I didn't know where else to go. And he said, I turned to God. And God met him and turned his life around. And he's on the journey to wholeness. He's a custodian in a, in, a, in a local church. What a beautiful story of God touching him. And I love that our community, this place was packed. I love that our community heard his story. And you could have heard a pin drop. Because he said it in his way, with his authenticity. So desperate, I turned to God. These lepers took the first step to wholeness. They obeyed. And Jesus, and they headed in the direction of the priest's house. And not far along in their journey, they were brought to wholeness. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. When God tests our faith, He always gives us a challenge we can meet. And just as God provided bread for the children of Israel as they wandered in the, in, in the desert... God provided for them day after day after day. God will always guide us. Charles Allen is a Methodist uh, pastor out of Houston. Mark and I had the chance to hear him years ago in Toronto, and he always intrigued us. And he said, uh, he, said uh, he writes this, I was with Billy Graham in his second crusade, which he conducted in Augusta, Georgia. 
Billy Graham, just a young fellow. And he said, Billy Graham has said to me since that time, I never dreamed that God would give me the ministry he's given me today. I just said at that time, God, I'm going to give you all I have now. And you lead the way. I'm going to give you everything I have. And he said, that's the way it works. And that's what God has done. So whether you feel desperate or you feel like things are going pretty good, if you say to him, I'm going to give to you all I have, I'm going to bring my best. And you lead the way. You'll be amazed at the journey that God gives to you. Isn't it a bit like how we feel here at TCC? Lord, I don't know exactly where, where you're going to take us from here, but I'm going to give you all I have. I'm going to give you my best. And you lead the way. We've seen him lead us in the past. And he hasn't changed. And I wonder what he has ahead for us if we are be, uh, uh, obedient. I wonder what he has for you, personally, individually, if you are obedient. The step of obedience is your first step to wholeness. As they went, they were cleansed. What does that step look like for you? What is he asking of you? What does he ask of you now? What is your step of obedience? Oh, and I'm excited to see what he will do in your life. The second thing is this. It's common to take God's gracious love and care for granted. But the reminder is to always come back to say thanks. The reminder is to always come back to say thanks. There were ten lepers. They all asked Jesus for healing. And they were all healed. But there was a key difference in one of them. Nine of them received healing and went their way. And only one took the trouble to come back and say thank you. I have a feeling that there were tears running down the cheeks of, of our Lord when he asked, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Why didn't the nine come back? I imagine one reason is because of their pride. Perhaps they thought a lot of people die from leprosy. And we made it through. We made it through. We are survivors. The reason a lot of people don't experience gratefulness is because of their egos. Instead of giving thanks, they say, look, Look at me. Look what I've done. I've also heard people imply that I'm thankful, but I'm not the kind to say so. Or maybe they were grateful, but they'd been away from home for a long time and they needed to get home. Maybe they had business they needed to attend to. Maybe they intended to thank Jesus later. Or maybe they were not thankful, but, but they were simply focused on their troubles instead of their blessings. You know, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't come back. I don't get it. It surprised Jesus too. I think Ann Voskamp is really onto something as she helps her readers focus on being thankful. I mean, imagine stopping every day to identify some of the key areas in your life for which you're thankful. Imagine what that means day after day, week after week, Month after month, year after month, if you, if you would really do that. I think it, it has got to be transformational. 
It moves you away from entitlement. It moves you from thinking, well, I deserve this. I have this coming. Instead, Lord, I'm so grateful for every breath. Every provision. Every friend. For family. I'm grateful for your mercy. I'm grateful for your forgiveness. It changes your heart and your perspective. It softens our heart and allows us to receive the richness of His presence. And even when things are tough, we're anchored in Him. I love the story of the immigrant shopkeeper whose adult son came to see him one day complaining, Dad, he said, I, I don't get how you run your store. You keep your accounts payable in a cigar box. You keep your received accounts receivable on a spindle. All your cash is in the register. You don't even know what your profits are. And the father looked at his son and said, Son, let me tell you something. When I arrived in this land, all I owned was the pants I'm wearing. I was wearing. Now your sister is an art teacher. Your brother is a doctor. You are a CPA. Your mother and I own a house and a car and this little store. I mean, add all of that up and subtract the pants. And there's your profit. You know, Dad was careful to have the right perspective, the right heart. Grateful for how well he had done in a new land. Did he have the latest software accounting package? No. But was he grateful for what he had? No spirit of entitlement, but a sense of gratitude and all his good fortune. Add all of that up and subtract the pants and there's your profit. Maybe today, instead of thinking about what we don't have, we need to turn back on our journey. Just kind of turn around again and, and go back towards Jesus and say thanks for what we do have. The third ball, Jesus offers us the promise of a richer, fuller life. More than we've ever experienced before. The Samaritan came back and his life was forever changed. I like that, that the story has the focus on the leper being a Samaritan. Because Jesus is doing a couple of things here. He, there's already some prejudicial issues going on about the Samaritans. And that was the term, the despised Samaritans. They weren't on the same level as the people of Israel. And isn't it interesting that in this story, the Samaritan came back. All the while, the disciples are wincing. The person they thought to behave in a, in, a, in a godly, less godly way, outshines their Jewish counterparts. And Luke, the writer, offers a gentle but poignant rebuke to his Christian readers. Once again, the person forgiven the most expresses the greatest gratitude. I mean... Thank God for the diversity of our background. You know, and I think about that for our congregation as well. Thank God for the nations that are represented within our congregation. It's such a blessing. A few weeks ago, I met a couple, I'm not sure if they're here this morning, from Malaysia. 
arrived in Edmonton six months ago, googled Terwilliger, found Terwilliger Community Church, and they're calling this their church home. Wonderful man and woman of God. And, and, and God has just done that. He has, he, has, he has brought many cultures and many people backgrounds to us. And I just say thank you for the way that God is at work in every culture, in every people of all the earth, in all of the ethnicities. We're all in the same journey. And he came back shouting, praise God. And he ran up to Jesus and he fell at his feet and he thanked him and he thanked him and he thanked him and he thanked him. It was just, he was overwhelmed with gratitude. And how that must have blessed the heart of Jesus. And then came these authoritative words. Stand up. And go. Your faith has healed you. You're ready for a new journey. And the journey is going to get real exciting for your life. Your life has been realigned. Your spirit has been touched. You've been saved. The phrase, your faith has healed you, or your faith has made you well, or your faith has made you whole, a variety of translations here. But the word in Greek is sozo, translated to save. It means true wellness, complete wholeness. To live sozo is to live the full life. And it's different from simply forcing yourself to be thankful. True thankfulness flows out of the full life that's been discovered in Jesus. It moves us out of the two kingdoms where we have one foot in God's kingdom and another foot in our own kingdom. And it's coming to Christ, deeply thankful for His work in our lives and surrendering ourselves before Him. Probably all of us here walked into this room this morning carrying something. Every one of us carrying something. Some hurt, some challenge, some concern, something we're struggling with. And that's the nature of living in this world. Nobody living is problem-free. Way back in the 1700s, a theologian and pastor by the name of William Law spoke of the value of praising God when problems come. He wrote, For it is certain that whatever seeming calamity happens to you, if you thank and praise God for it, you turn it into a blessing. You turn it into a blessing. Now that takes a lot of trust in a sovereign God who loves you more than you can possibly know in order for you to affirm, to affirm a statement like that. A hundred years ago, there was a balloonist who had uh, carefully thought about taking the first balloon trip over the Alps. He had, he had his whole itinerary set out where he would travel to every day. But each day when he would start off in his hot balloon for town A, the wind would blow him to town B. And the next day, the wind would blow him to town D instead of town C. And then it would be town F instead of town E. And invariably, each time he landed, he would say, I didn't know about this place. I didn't know this existed. 
Had I known, I'd have planned to, to land here. So instead of being disappointed each day, each day was a delightful surprise. If you plan on going from A to B and you end up in C, rejoice anyway and ask God for what He has for you there. Jesus says to you, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. God has you on a journey, unique and distinct from anyone else. It's your journey. It may seem like you've been blown off course. Ask God what He has for you, right where you have landed. Because the best is yet to come. Have a one kingdom heart. And experience the joy of being a faithful steward of all that God has given. And in response, be grateful. Be grateful. Let's stand together. Lord, our hope and our prayer as, is that we have the heart of this Samaritan. Deep gratitude, joyful praise for your touch. Oh, you've cleansed us, Lord. You've forgiven us. Lord, we don't want to go very many steps from you without turning back and say thank you. Thank you for our wholeness. Thank you for where we have landed. Thank you for the journey that is yet before us. Because we believe that you have much more ahead for us. And so our hearts are to be obedient. And our hearts are to be thankful. In the precious name of Jesus.